Welcome to Two Reels Podcast, where we look at a new movie and think about its perfect and often pretty bizarre pairing. I have my co-host, Joey BK, here with me today. What's up, Joe? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Davey? I'm holding up. I'm doing pretty well, man. Definitely uh, ready to get out of this whole pandemic situation. But, <laughs> That'd be tight. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But one of the problems is we don't really have new movies coming out, and there's not a whole lot happening. And since social media has become such a big part of our lives, we decided to take a look at the 2010 film, The Social Network, uh, directed by David Fincher. And uh, with us today, we are very lucky to have two marketing moguls joining us. Uh, we were introduced Ooh. to them. Yeah, we were introduced to them over LinkedIn. And uh, they have their own podcast called Return on Disruption, which anybody can find on really any streaming platforms they want and they've chosen to remain anonymous so we have some uh, aliases we'll call them and tell me if i have this right guys but i think it's pitcher nixon and keith performance indicator is that right guys you nailed it yeah that's perfect kpi for short if you want kpi for short okay i can do that and how are you guys doing today Pretty good, man. We're thriving, I'd say. I can't speak for Keith, but uh, I know you mentioned you're ready to get out of this quarantine lockdown thing or whatever, but uh, honestly, this is the most productive I've ever been. Uh, I kind of want to live in isolation forever. I'm, I'm getting so much work done. <laughs> yeah. It's a workaholic's dream. Uh, as, exactly. as marketing moguls, we do, um, you know, we do recognize this as a very um, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, so for us, you know, it's just, um, we don't want it. We don't, sorry, we want it to end obviously, but you know, we're, 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 um, capitalizing it on this. Yeah. It, it would be, it'd be crazy not to see this as an opportunity to say the least. People keep saying it's a pandemic. This is hard times, but really it's an opportunity. It's just your mindset. And that's just what uh, we believe. <laughs> well, we are very thankful for you taking some time out of what sounds like an incredibly busy schedule to join us on our podcast today. Pleasure to be here. Uh, oh, we love having you guys. And uh, I know none of us have really met before, but uh, we thought we would entrust you guys with picking the film to pair today. But before we jump into that pairing, why don't we talk about The Social Network? I think we all watched it. It's unique. It's a fun story. Jesse Eisenberg is on fire. But I'm guessing you guys probably know the real Zuckerberg. Do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we definitely run in the same s circles and uh, there's a certain class of folk that uh, connect, uh, you know, it's a LinkedIn, it's a secret Facebook uh, group that we're all in. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're in close. Uh, at least that's the page is Mark Zuckerberg. I'm not sure who's running it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you surprised they called this movie The Social Network? I know in your world, LinkedIn's more of the social network for you guys. That's a good point. I think because this kind of came out before LinkedIn got really big. I think we're just kind of waiting for the the LinkedIn mm -hmm. bi uh, biopic. You know, the link, the origin story for LinkedIn, um, which is going to like the real social network. Because that's that's where it I happens. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. 
Well, how similar is this origin story to each of your own origin stories? Well, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I can't speak again for Keith. I know we've we've been in the trenches together a bunch, but uh, to me, this is uh, this is a playbook, and it doesn't necessarily speak to one journey, but it should speak to all marketers' journeys. This this is uh, this is a, like a one hundred and one yeah. in marketing. This story is basically the gold standard for what you need to do in order to be successful. I need to do something substantial in order to get the attention of the clubs. Why? Because they're exclusive and fun, and they lead to a better life. People want to go on the internet and check out their friends, so why not build a website that offers that friends, pictures, profiles. I'm talking about taking the entire social experience of college and putting it online. The site got 2,200 hits within two hours. Thousand. 22,000. This idea is potentially worth millions of dollars. Millions? He stole our website. They're saying we stole the Facebook. I know what it says. So did we? A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A billion dollars. You're going to get left behind. It's moving faster than any of us ever imagined it went behind. Let's sue him in federal court. I can't wait to stand over your shoulder and what you write as a check. If you guys were the inventors of Facebook, Invented Facebook. Is there anything that you need to tell me? Your actions could have permanently destroyed everything I've been working on. We have been working on. Did you like being a joke? Do you want to go back to that? Mark! It has everything. You, you mean, you, you trust no one, right? You, you get stabbed in the back. It, it really is such a uh, classic marketing mm-hmm. tale. So uh, it's not so something I uh, I lived organically. It's something I tried to emulate. Yeah, sense. yeah, I've I've screwed over quite a few partners in my time, so this is this you know right up my alley. Um, you know, I've had a I've I've diluted some shares here and there of uh, best friends. Can't say can't say I'm proud of it, but you know it's, that's just business, baby. And just to just to talk a little bit about the plot of the movie, everybody knows what Facebook is. It's that old rickety social media platform <laughs> that people over forty are still using today. But uh, for the fans who are listening and haven't seen the movie, it's roughly a tale of Mark Zuckerberg in college uh, starting to build what is now Facebook. And he comes across some other interesting characters along the way, including Sean Parker, who was one of the founders of Napster and played by Justin Timberlake. How familiar are you guys with Sean Parker? He's another messiah type character for us, uh, a legend, if if you will, he's, he's basically someone you look towards to kind of, uh, really he has the, the key moment in the movie, right? Uh, drop the, the part, right? That is another classic marketing move. That is, uh, something I've recommended across town, always dropping the, no matter what oh. or how important it might actually be. <laughs> always drop the, the. that's, that's the big, that's a big takeaway from this. You see, all these apps these days are are dropping bowels, but really it started with the the Google, the Ask Jeeves. All of these, you drop them. Yeah, and thank God they did because who knows where they'd be today yeah. without that recommendation. Joey, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was good. I thought uh, Eisenberg plays a very convincing little shit, and I was just impressed. You know, I th- I thought he really got the essence of Zuck down. I was I was shocked how quickly this came out after the rise of Facebook because this is like six years before people really started openly hating Facebook and this is an insanely negative movie about a founder that came out so soon after you know he really made it big. Yeah, and one thing that's interesting is like it's not that accurate. Did you did you dive into that at all in your research? I saw that. Yeah, I saw that uh, 
definitely the people involved think Sorkin took some liberties. And he had a great quote, which was something I'm sure you guys could probably have this in your marketing playbook as well, that uh, you can't let truth be like the enemy of a good story, mm. you know, and that was really mm. <laughs> that was deep. You know, it's like, why not lie about this entire origin piece? <laughs> I yeah, agree I mean, that why not lie? <laughs> they're trying to t- they're trying to tear down giants right now. Right. So, yeah. Why get in? Why get in the way of making a great story when you can just take a, a total hatchet yeah. job to uh, basically a, a legend? Yeah, we, we, we feel that Sean Parker <laughs> got got um, a bit of a, a raw deal. Yeah. A tough, a yeah. Tough go. yeah. He's a he's a. He's someone we we look up to and aspire to. So we, you know, I just felt um, they might have been a, a bit too rough on him. But I will say, mm-hmm. as as Pitcher pointed out, we you know we 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 do hang in the same circles as uh, Zuckerberg, and I felt Eisenberg did a great job portraying him. If anything, I think he was a little bit too personable and charismatic. If he could have mm-hmm. toned that yeah. back a bit and been a bit more robotic, I think it would have been um, yeah. would have served the movie a lot better. Totally agree. I had, you know, a couple thoughts. My first one is, how is he sleeping with Rooney Mara before <laughs> he is successful? That should <laughs> be a great a, question. An origin story a movie. Great question. He <laughs> is like the most unfortunate personality in the world before he's successful. Without money, he has nothing except some zippy lines. I think it's, it's like they say in the movie, what girls want to date harvard guys and at that point he was a harvard guy so i think it just uh you know it just certain things happen when you've got that dot edu harvard.edu uh email address exactly just like it was the basis for facebook right it's that dot edu that that really took off that's why we our email addresses were uh, yeah. dot edu for a while as well that makes sense well Speaking of which, what would you guys have done differently? I mean, it obviously worked out pretty well for Zuck, but he came across some problems early on. What would you guys change to get a little bit more success out of this? Yeah. Oh, God. The scene where he uh, plants the, the chicken store, I would have gone harder yeah. on that probably. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have recognized uh, uh, Eduardo as the Judas that he kind of is in this story, I think, earlier and really severed my ties a, a lot harder, I think, and really gone in on him and although he ends up suing Zuckerberg, uh, you know, you want to, you want to kind of cut the, trim the fat right from the beginning and really, uh, really punish him. Yeah. It was quite clear that he brought nothing to the table, um, off the get go. So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, if to, you mentioned how would we do things differently? I think just fire him immediately or not fire him immediately. Just, di- just distance yourself from him off the bat. Right. Be yeah, you should be brutal to him. I mean, he said he was, there's a line in there, I think, that uh, he was his only friend. I would have gone at no yep. friends. That's probably a safer way to do this. Uh, you would have had mm. more of your money to mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, I hear you guys saying distance, but I feel like you're dancing around the word poison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I don't want to Im- implicate myself right now because I know it's being recorded, but uh, you, you read between the lines yeah. and you got it. I do love reading. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good movie. I was surprised by how good it was. I kind of forgot that it was good because I hate Jesse Eisenberg, but mm-hmm. I think he shows up in the film quite a bit. Uh, anything else you want to add on to the movie before uh, we jump into the pairing, Joe? Uh, yeah, just, I mean, one quick fact. I know you guys are close with Sean Parker, and it actually matches nicely with your pairing, but uh, 
Jonah Hill got pa- wanted the part and got passed over in and they gave it to Timberlake instead. But as close, you know, d- kind of disciples and friends of Sean Parker, who do you think would have nailed the Parker essence more? Uh, Timberlake or Jonah Hill? That's a tough one. That is a yeah. great question. Yeah. Timberlake has the, uh, you know, the he plays a really good kind of like a coward frame. And uh, I, I love Sean to death, but he really gives off a strong coward vibe. So I was impressed as soon as I saw Timberlake really kind of shaking in his boots and being all... His eyes going crazy. That's a, that's a, a classic uh, Sean move right there. Just uh, crazy darting eyes. Yeah, that, that's what they. I mean, good friends of his. That, that's his nickname. Uh, was was crazy dart eyes Parker. So um, yeah, a lot of people don't know that. That's not on the IMDb trivia page, but you know, feel free to add that. No, he he had the crazy uh, dance to the do the dart man, which is to the Bartman theme, and it was just really weird it was clearly he was on some kind of substances because no one really understood what yeah. was happening it was a bit of a leap to get to dart man but uh yeah yeah but i to, to your point <laughs> yeah. back to your original point i do think the one place where jonah hill has an advantage over timberlake is i think he's done a lot more drugs in his personal life so he might be able to tap into mm. that better to portray sean parker because as we know that was a big mm. part of his character was um just uh liberal drug use and 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 a big part yeah. of his him as as a whole right but i think timberlake lost like 15 pounds for this role just so he could look younger if you can believe it or not he's he's one of our great actors he's a triple <laughs> threat you know? i think of de niro christian bale and timberlake for the body transformations yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well <laughs> The one thing that this uh, movie really made me think about is like the risks of cocaine and how they can get you in trouble. Mm, But, uh, you know, then I had a real emotional swing when I watched the pairing that you guys picked. And uh, why don't you tell us uh, what you guys picked and why you thought it might go really well with the social network? If if you want to start off pictured and then KPI, you can add on. Yeah, happy to. Uh, this wasn't an easy decision, obviously. Uh, we went back and forth, Keith and myself. But, uh, you know, we, we chose Wolf of Wall Street, obviously. Uh, before that, uh, I think what we, we've kind of talked about it and touched on it a little bit, there's a lot of religious themes here. It's the classic Jesus story of someone who is uh, kind of bearing this cross and gets stabbed in the back by, uh, by a betrayer. Uh, and so we were going to go with Passion of the Christ for a little bit. And you have Eduardo <laughs> being this classic Judas character. Uh, but we thought that there's actually a few more parallels with Wolf of Wall Street. You know, um, yeah, him being a prophet, uh, Jordan uh, Belfort, uh, he, he actually lacks that weakness uh, of having, you know, compassion or considering people as human beings. And I think that's something that Zuckerberg also has in, in his, at his disposal, you know. Uh, so for us, that, that was the main selling yeah. point for me. You have the, the Sean Parker, the Matthew McConaughey character. I'm not, do you remember his name? I, I'm not remembering it off the top of my head. Mark Hanna, I believe was his, the character. Mark Hanna as kind of a, a, not a, like a mentor or Moses of sorts. Like he kind of, uh, gives the, the blueprint as what's, what's to come, like the 10 mm-hmm. commandments, you know what I mean? And that's how our characters kind of learn. Um, so kind of on the same religious bend, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, another really fun watch for us. Another playbook, another marketing Bible yeah. for us. 
My name is Jordan Belfort. The year I turned 26, I made $49 million, which really pissed me off because it was three shy of a million a week. We're making a name for ourselves. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. You know what a fugazi is? Fugazi. It's a fake. Hey, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a fairy dust. Was all this legal? Absolutely not. We were making more money than we knew what to do with. We don't work for you, man. Yeah, my money taped your boobs. Technically, you do work for me. What's wrong, Daddy? But what should you bring home? Yeah, it was an incredible movie. Super fun watch. Love spending three hours revisiting. There's <laughs> there are a few things I would want to spend three hours on more than revisiting this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, what'd you think of it? I think it's great. I think it's the shortest three-hour movie ever. Like it's the only one that I don't have to like check my watch constantly, and I'm like, I could do 20 more minutes of Quaaludes, you know? Can't, can't we all? It, you, know, you know, it like really works out. Keeps... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 2013, directed by Scorsese. Uh, definitely a classic. Probably my favorite Scorsese movie. Uh, really focused around sales and like pitching products and lying mm-hmm. to your customers and uh curious you know you guys run with zuck you guys run with parker how well do you know jordan belford i mean i'll i'll throw it to keith because i know he's got uh, a pretty tight connection there yeah J- jordan and i are uh you know we used to run in the same circle he was he's a bit of a mentor of mine so i'm a bit biased here guys i know that's a, a little subjective but um it's a pretty accurate portrayal. I mean, he's like that. And I, you know, I was pretty, I was, you know, younger at the time of this, of when this was all happening. So I wasn't directly involved, obviously. Um, but I think the one point, the one big parallel I'm getting from both movies and the one point that um, kind of drew uh, Pitchard and I to make the pairing was both Jordan and Mark Zuckerberg are treating their clients and customers as, as you mentioned earlier, just, just data points, just not, not people, right? Mm-hmm. For Zuckerberg, it's Absolutely. just data. It's just people. We need to get a million viewers for, for Belfort. It was just how many people can I sell to? I don't care who they are. And, and that's the, um, really what, you know, attracts us as marketers to them because that's how we operate. Exactly. We're just, we're just trying to sell the metal, you know, we're just, that's our job. That's why we get paid. As soon as you consider feelings or someone's family or what might happen to them financially, if you do take all their money, if you cripple them financially, uh, you start to lose, you start to get soft. So, um, yeah, not to speak again, uh, for Keith, but, uh, that was a big part and why we, we love this movie so much. It's another just marketing playbook. Mm hmm. Are there are there any scenes you like watch to get ready for a big mm, sale, mm, or maybe if you have a big mm. meeting, you got to nail? Anytime he touches the microphone in yep. that movie, yep. which is actually a good piece of advice for for our listeners, anyone who's familiar with our show, um, you, you should always have a microphone in your yes. office, uh, ready to address or address your employees at all times. <laughs> it seems like he was doing it always. It kind of blew my mind at first, but uh, I think it's a genius thing. What I like to do is I have I have my office rigged up so that I have um, a mic descend from the rafters, kind of like a boxing match. 
Um, and right. that just adds that added level mm. of panache and drama to it. So, I, you know, just another tip on top of a tip. If you're going to have a mic, have it come down from the rafters. But before a big sale, I think we, we've both, we've, we kind of have the, both these movies on loop, uh, plus Passion of the yeah. Christ, obviously. But um, <laughs> when they start throwing the little people at the board, I think yeah. that's uh, something that really gets us mm-hmm. going. Start thinking outside the box. And I'm, I'm also a big fan of the scene <laughs> in the social network when the Winklevoss twins are racing uh, in the UK, I believe it was. And they've got um, that song, I can't, I don't know what it's called, that song in the background. And that it's just a very, gets gets it pretty mm-hmm. pumped up, that scene. So that's that's kind mm-hmm. of something I like to, to just put on and, and listen to that music and just get in the zone. Get in the zone. The Winklevoss twins, both played mm-hmm. by Army Hammer. Yep. And uh, the CGI in 2010, you would think, was only so good, but I had no fucking idea that both of them were him until I looked that up. Could you guys tell? I thought for a long time that he had just a brother yeah. who didn't make it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'd convinced myself that that, obviously the handsome army like hammer brother got big and then the other one just kind of disappeared kind of like a paul walker (laughs) fast and the furious seven where they called in like his three siblings to be body doubles throughout the movie (laughs) exactly i thought those were the hemsworths for the long Mm -hmm. time so i didn't question it whatsoever because i know there's like three or four of them (laughs) yeah i think it's like uh you know you know um excuse me movies where there's a, a baby or a small child is a is a main character and so you need like a set of twins or triplets so that you're not overworking the one kid. That's what I thought was happening is there is actually like four army hammers right. and they were just cycling <laughs> through them to just to not it's like the yeah, not to overwork them or like the Sprouse brothers, you know, that kind of thing. The Sprouse brothers and Big Daddy, <laughs> if I can make that reference. Nice. Mm. <laughs> I forget you guys are movie guys and marketing guys, but yeah, that Big I mean, Daddy reference art, came out of quick. Art, art imi- life imitates art, so we're trying to get ahead of life in the marketplace and see what's out there movie-wise so we can then steal those ideas and implement them in our marketing strategies. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, Dave, should we get into some of our, uh, you know, our, our regular themes and get these guys big minds on these big ideas i think that's a great idea i did have one other question before we jump into some of our our standard categories and the last one is just around cocaine mm. i know mm-hmm. i brought it up all, already but uh you get two real different pictures of cocaine in these two movies social network it's kind of the reason that justin timberlake falls apart i mean there's more going on but they use cocaine as the bridge but it is basically the hero in wolf of wall street yeah. i mean it actually saves multiple people's lives throughout the movie right. so maybe you could just tell me um we can start with you kpi and just tell me your thoughts on cocaine in the world of oh, business and, and how it's affected you That's and everyone a around you right there um it's gonna take me a bit to unpack that um cocaine in the world of business wow um well just just if I could point out in the movies there is a, like you said there's a bit of a black and white a bit of a, a tale of two cities there's like you said, in Wolf of Wall Street, it's the hero, and in Social Network, it's the villain. It's it's really it's Sean Parker's downfall. Um, so there is that, and that's to to an extent, cocaine in the in the business world is like that. Sometimes it's a hero, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a villain. You know, um, sometimes 
uh, it's four in the morning, you have a pitch due the next day, and you really, you know, you need some ideas, you need to, you're, you're, you're losing steam, and so it could be a, a hero then, it could really be a lifesaver, if you know what I mean, um, but other times mm-hmm. it's a villain, um, in the way that, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're in Vegas, you're strung out, uh, also at four in the morning, and uh, also working on a business pitch, and maybe it doesn't work out that time, that's happened to me too, um, where things just don't come together, so the 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 excuse me the main takeaway here is that it is the fuel of the marketing world it is <laughs> our uh rocket fuel it's a lifeblood yes. it's it's what the industry kind of runs yes. on um it's all it's all about context really uh to me but uh as long as if it's helping you get content mm. out there or consuming content then by all means uh line it up and uh let's get going i love that i love to hear that because i want to have a friendly relationship with it going forward absolutely and he- hearing two successful gentlemen like you guys mentioning the positives of it it's really not just eye-opening for me, but I imagine for Joey and for our entire audience. Absolutely. I mean, it's the kind of thing you you just kick yourself for not stockpiling before the mm-hmm. quarantine, you know? Mm-hmm. And and to add to that point, uh, and I'm sure you're going to get to this later, but Quaaludes, you know? what? Yeah. R.I.P. Quaaludes, hard to get those anymore. You know, that's something I wish I'd stockpiled back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah, and those make for some of the best parts of Wolf of Wall Street, I think. Anything involving lewds is a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's look at these movies side by side a little bit. And uh, Joe, I'll start with you on this one, but do you think Eisenberg and Leo could swap roles at all for these movies? Mm. I think that's tough just because, again, there's it's hard to dislike Leo and it's hard to like Eisenberg. I think you kind of need both of those. I would say the question is, could Leo play Sean Parker? Mm. Is he too cool then? Is he too much of a hero? Because I think that's more of the switchable part. Interesting. What do you guys think? That's another great question. Uh, That's what we're here for. (laughs) Hey, listen, Uh, we we love when you hit us with these hard-hitting questions. We love a little, uh, little mental exercise, and this is what this is. I I think Leo personally could could play anything. He's kind yeah. of like Plato to me. I, I I love his his range, but uh, I think he I still love him no matter what he does or who he is. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think uh, to play that Sean Parker, I think you're still gonna be like I like this guy. I want to yeah. hang out with this. I don't really want to party with Sean Parker. Uh, I hope this he he probably won't listen to this, but um, yeah, he, just especially with the crowd, he kind of runs in. Uh, Maybe not all being of age, but uh, it sounds like uh, <laughs> uh, that Leo is, just, like you, like uh, Davey said, just too likable. Doesn't have coward eyes either. Yeah, doesn't have coward eyes. Yeah, that's a big part of this. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys feel like, uh, and why don't we just go in a circle? We'll start with Joe, and then we'll jump over to you guys. What was your favorite scene in each of these movies, Joe? Oh, I think in Wolf of Wall Street, definitely his uh, Quaalude OD trying to get to his car, I think was is maybe my favorite uh, Leo performance of all time. <laughs> I think that's when he peaked. And uh, I was bummed out they waited to give him the Academy Award for The Revenant. Because I think 
It's just middle of the Oscars, seeing that Quaalude clip would have really banged it home for everyone that this is one of our greatest actors. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a huge miss. To me, this was this is my favorite Leo movie. Like, so much better than The Revenant, in my opinion. It's crazy. Yeah. I think I think The Revenant was the makeup call for this movie. I think people realized a little late that there's a lot more going on here. But uh, what about you guys? What was your favorite of the two movies? What was the best scene? Uh, that's a good question. I think I... Uh, I, I... Is it unfair to say that I like them both equally? Is that forbidden on this podcast? Am I? Can I say that? Well, you have to choose two. Do you have one scene or do you have two I got, favorite You know what? Okay, I got a scene from each. Uh, first uh, from Social Network, double blowjob scene when they go into the mm. restroom. Yep. Uh, that's every mm. kind of young man's fantasy is to just be next to your friend in a very, uh, I'm assuming not great washroom, very thin <laughs> doors. You can kind of like, feel the person next to you um that was awesome uh and then for wolf of wall street probably the cocaine in the butt the very first scene i do love some cocaine in the butt Mm. i mean i've heard it's good i've never actually experienced it obviously right obviously for the record that has never uh happened on the record really worth noting how about you kpi um so for Wolf of uh, excuse me Wolf of Wall Street, I think my favorite scene is is when he's training up his staff and that original when they just start Stratton Oakmont. He's training up his staff on how to make sales because I think that's really the genesis of um, obviously the movie and the company. But it's also something that uh, Pitchard and I implement to this day. That script is is just money. It doesn't matter. It was thirty years ago. Yeah. Some of, some of the um, the tools and tips and tricks from that still apply to this day. So. I got a lot of that scene, sorry, got a lot out of that scene. Um, as for the social network, definitely when they first meet Sean Parker at the dinner um, or the lunch meeting. Apple teenies, Apple teenies. Because that just shows you the mm-hmm. true essence of Sean. And Justin really, Timberlake really kills it in that part because it's just, it's just Sean firing. And that's how he is. You know, he's just always a thousand miles a minute ideas, you know, coming out of his ears. And really that scene does give us the line of the movie in my opinion which pictured i I know you you say this quite a bit so i I know you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. um which is of course you know uh you know sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this (laughs) no no take it away man i got (laughs) this uh uh, a million dollars isn't cool but you know it is cool a billion dollars right which i think i didn't get right Mm. but you correct me if that's that's not verbatim but you get the gist of it that's close enough. Yeah. I like to say a million dollars. Million dollars is cool, sure, but you know it's really cool. Two million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what I try and incorporate <laughs> to all my sales calls. Yeah, we don't we don't shoot straight for the billion. We're, we're baby steps, you know. We're we, realistic here. Yeah, we work our way up. Mm-hmm. You got to build. You got to build. Well, Joe, are there any uh, other categories that you think we should cover while we have these guys on here or do we want to jump into a little special uh, category we built out for today i think the special categories it's we got to use their uh, pitching power to our advantage here i love that and so you know it's been i don't know how many episodes six or seven episodes now we've been looking at the movie industry we've been talking about a ton of different films and you know, some of it's great, some of it's flawed, but we're lucky enough to have two people on this podcast today who are about as innovative as it gets with changing businesses, building businesses, and 
Joey, I know you have some ideas about the movie industry, and so I wanted to open it up for you to to pitch a couple ideas to these dudes and see what they think. Yeah, so I think the big problem for TV right now, obviously we're stuck at home, theaters are closed, but theaters were hurting already, you know. But when you're in a theater, you're kind of stuck there. It's hard to be on your phone. You're fully focused. Uh, TV at home, it's only hitting two senses. It's hitting my ears. It's hitting my eyes. Mm -hmm. So the big solution I'm thinking is you get a big candle mm-hmm. and you light it right when you start the movie and it emits the smell that you're seeing on the screen at the time. So let's say we got social network. You're smelling uh, Harvard to start. You're smelling Rooney Mara, a little bit of Rooney Mara. Then it gets mm-hmm. to, you know, when you're in that, having that blowjob scene, you're really the in washroom. that yeah. bathroom with yeah. them. Yeah. And I think the, the reason I'm most excited about this idea is I think we call it John Wicks. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. What are you doing on this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wow. ready to go. I don't know what you need us for. I mean, I. Yeah. So on our podcast, something we labeled this as, and I'm not sure if you've listened to this, is a, a home run slam dunk. That's a bulletproof idea that's that's pretty much ready to go to market. I, I really, really love that idea. Mm-hmm. Well, one that's of the big. questions is, how do we get it to market? Mm. Mm. That is a good question. <laughs> well, Pitcher, Pitcher you, you do have a candle guy, I thought. Do you still keep in touch with that guy? Yeah, we had a really ugly falling out. As you know, the candle industry is notorious. Uh, oh, yeah. It's ruthlessness. So I Very actually, similar to the social network. Oh, backstabbing everywhere. Almost an exact same story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I ended up being the Eduardo, uh, the Judas in this point, where I tried to actually just kind of cut the legs out from underneath them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have a candle guy. I'm wondering if our fleshlight guy, because of the shape, might be right. just the container of it might be a good move. I I think I think we're getting bogged down on how to make the candles. I think the big issue is how to recreate the sense of the movie in the candles, right? Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what we're after. Well, also, I, most candles burn. I I think the what you really want to double down on is here is nice to tie this into your podcast but you're going to want to at least double up the sense so you have two movies mm. so that you could actually pitch this That's out with smart. your podcast so the way you get it out there is this podcast exactly you're recommending pairings and you're recommending candles to match oh mm. i love that mm. so I then you have that. like a five-hour candle i i'm not really sure i didn't pay attention when i was in the business but i think that's about the length of a candle five hours these candles are yeah <laughs> Um, but I do love, yeah, I love this. I, I love do this love guy. this idea because I was watching Slumdog Millionaire the other day. Mm-hmm. And when he falls into that, um, uh, toilet, I was, you know, it's hard for me to relate. I'm just kind of watching in my living room and going, oh yeah, he's just falling in a, in a, in uh, a pile of excrement. Let's put it, let's just say it how it is. And, but I think had I been able to, if there was a candle that was giving me the smells of the movie as I was going, I'd be better more immersed, better able to relate to him and really understand his struggle. So I do, I'm so on board with this idea. I'd like to just add on a, a little cherry that I that I thought of for this, which is I think these candles should probably be voice activated. And <laughs> when you want to turn, when you want to turn them on, 
you say wax on. Mm. And when you want to turn them oh. off, oh. you say oh. wax off. Oh, man. This is big. Well, if it's the, maybe you're calling it John Wax then. <laughs> John Wax on. John Wax off. John Wax on, Jack Wax off. Uh, the synergies here are just palpable. Through the I room. do like the name John Wax off. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really good. It's a strong name. We find that if you pile all the ideas together and kind of force them all to be yeah. one, you get yeah. the strongest, best idea. Yeah, that's that's how that's we genius. operate. Is we we'll take all of our little you know maybe ideas that don't fit that well and we just shove them all together, smash and then, them together. Yeah, and then for sure it's gonna work. There's no way that that wouldn't work out yeah absolutely and here's a question for you guys i'm sure both of you have started more companies than you can count you've had endless pitches endless ideas you're starting a company and you get one person to help you start that company mm-hmm. you go in zuckerberg or you go in belford oh can wow. i can i go great question i love this question but do you mind can i go off the board with this I'm go- Please, I'm Absolutely. going Don- Donnie Azoff, Jonah Hill, in Ooh. yeah, he's he's loyal to the end through that movie. He's always covering for Belfour. He's the he's the true star of this movie, or not star of the movie, but he's he's a real hero. You know, he's the guy I'd want having my back and and delivering me super exclusive quaaludes. Yeah, and he's a good time. Yeah, and he's so he's a good time. Yeah, no doubt. I also like uh, the guy from Walking Dead, Shane from Walking Dead. He's also a good time. <laughs> he's a great time. He also has the he's 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 the lewd dealer as well, right? Like he and he's also security. I feel like he's got. Uh, oh, the lewd dealer. We're talking about the actor who plays Shane in The Walking Dead, who's also the lewd dealer yeah. in Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Oh, I thought you wanted the protection in case some zombies came no. into your business. No, no, no. But... The point no. we're trying to make is we would rather start a business with someone who has a connection, who has a, a loot connect. A quaalude connection. A qu- That's kind yeah. of how we get our most of our ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It also feels like quaalude is probably a great business in itself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that dude was bring those I think, back. I think you just double pitched us there. I think you just yeah. pitched us start dealing quaaludes. I think I think I think Quaalude just need, needs a rebrand, you know, a new name ready to go oh, yeah. and then uh You know what you might want to call them? What's that? Home run slam dunk. Oh shit. Oh. Yes. And we're full circle on the pitch. <laughs> <Let's be here. laughs> Oh man, well it was, it's really fun having you guys on here today. Is there anything else that uh, you want to cover off, Joe? No, I think uh, we just got to let him just take the floor for a little bit, guys. I want to just let you do the outro. Give us your uh, plugs, pitches, ideas, hopes, dreams for the movie industry. Anything you need. Gosh, the only other point I wanted to make about the two movies is uh, that we almost paired it with the Matrix. Uh, at one point, just because we we touched on the twins at one point, um, mm. you, so you mm. know when he first makes face mash Zuckerberg, and then when Jordan sells his first penny stock, there's that like instant like oh they've discovered something. It's kind of like Neo seeing the Matrix. So when he sees the Matrix, then he has to deal with those twins, those very super white twins. <laughs> yeah, they're tough. They're super tough. So those ghost twins from the Matrix just chase him, kind of like the Winklevosses. 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 So all I want to say is every story can get boiled down to these 
these superhero movies and these two characters were superheroes for us. So I'm so glad that you brought us on to talk about these, these heroes. Yeah. And if I could build on that, another, just to point out another, another uh, film that we had in mind here um, was uh, the movie blow about, um, um, excuse me, George Young, who was a cocaine dealer in the eighties because the parallels there, you know, young up and coming entrepreneur, in the 80s industry that's you know on the rise cocaine for him um you know cocaine for jordan belfort and penny stocks as well and then the social network and he gets screwed over by his asshole partner so really the the common thread is is cocaine obviously but um that's another one we thought of um really we just we we watch these movies and we just we take we try and take the best bits and apply them to how we operate um, and so a lot of those best bits are, um, as we said, um, everyone is data. Don't, don't treat people like people, treat them like data and money. Um, uh, cocaine helps, uh, helps you in the business world. It's a, it's a hero and a villain. Yeah. And, uh, what was the last one pictured? I'm, I'm blanking here. Uh, you know, I think it's just whenever you can extract money from, for content, do it no matter mm-hmm. what the cost. So yeah. content over everything, that's cream. Content rules everything around me. Cream. Yes, yes, Sorry. that's the idea. And, uh, and <laughs> if you have to screw over your partner, you know, sometimes you, to make it omelet, you got to crack a few eggs. So, hey, hey. that's for sure. That's uh, it's a dog eat dog world. But uh, to, to segue kind of into our, uh, our plugs here, you can learn more of these lessons. Uh, we just got a new website, returnondisruption.com. Uh, we've had great guests, including, uh, a, a kind of a Russian civilian, Hardwick Tchaikovsky. Davey, maybe correct me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. That sounds right. It sounds like it should be right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, watch Passion of the Christ. Great movie. Uh, Keith, anything else? Am I forgetting anything? Oh, connect with Pitchard Link, uh, Pitchard Nixon on LinkedIn. Just how it sounds. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, all, all I have to add is. If 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 you guys, your listeners, know anyone who has a Quaalude hookup, you know maybe <laughs> connect connect with us. Shoot us a DM on LinkedIn. Yeah, and maybe reach <laughs> out to me first, and then we'll reach out to them afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, thank you guys so much for coming on. It was it was a blast having you, and hopefully we'll get to meet in real life one day. Who knows? Uh, hey. yeah. My brain sore from learning so much. Thanks, guys. Hey, anytime. Hey. Yeah, listen to the pod. There's a lot more where that came from. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Joe, for joining. And uh, we do have an alternative pick from our third co-host who couldn't make it today. So without further ado, take it away, Rod. For my alternate pairing, I accidentally chose a film that is actually a pitch-perfect triple feature, best watched alongside both The Social Network and The Wolf of Wall Street, and that film is Martha Inc., the 2003 NBC made-for-TV movie about Martha Stewart starring your girl Sybil Shepard. It is currently available to be watched illegally in its entirety on YouTube. Catch it, I absolutely beg of you. The film chronicles Martha Stewart's rise from childhood 
perfectionist and her suburban hustle to the building of this billion-dollar empire. We see her developing her brand gradually, with her name eventually plastered on every household product, her television show playing on every TV set, her magazine on every coffee table, and we watch her company go public, and we literally see what it took for this woman to become the de facto number one example of a perfect homemaker. Martha Inc. was released by Lionsgate direct-to-video after it aired on television, and while it didn't get the kind of cult following that a bitch like me was screeching for, I'm here to tell you that there is quite literally no better film to watch alongside these other pieces of fine cinema. The film was shot bafflingly in Nova Scotia, the only place on the planet with significant tax breaks and a demographic white enough to resemble Connecticut. The films themselves, between Social Network and The Wolf of Wall Street, are of a completely different ilk. I mean, you have Martin Scorsese on his full coke gig, David Fincher's chilly, atmospheric filmmaking, and Aaron Sorkin's rat-a-tat dialogue. You know, touches of artistry that, and this will shock you, are missing from this NBC made for television film. But the Martha Stewart story is the Jordan Belford story, is the Mark Zuckerberg story. The implications on our economy and our democracy notwithstanding, the accumulation of power and the personal havoc it reaches on countless lives in orbit are comically in sync. Um, especially as the film is framed by the scandal that momentarily derailed her pitch perfect brand, where in 2004, Martha Stewart was convicted of insider trading in the Imclone stock trading case. Um, Or as it's bluntly stated in the opening line of Martha Stewart's Wikipedia entry, Stewart is an American retail businesswoman, writer, television personality, former model, and convicted felon. Martha's been, in my opinion, the baddest bitch in the game for a minute. She's the only person who could somehow turn a recommendation on how to fold a napkin into like a full-fledged act of violence. But if Jordan Belfort sort of serves as an indicator of kind of financial greed and Zuckerberg of where the unchecked egos of tech leaders could lead us, Martha is kind of the de facto origin of the influencer, kind of the first person to brand herself as a lifestyle and as something that's sort of someone who's like an adjective and a verb all at once. And I think that in the same way that Fincher gets you to kind of root for Zuckerberg and his like revenge of the nerds ass, you know, evil plan and the way that Scorsese can't seem to decide on whether you should love or hate Belfort, you also can't help but find some enjoyment in watching this like hyper camp depiction of what it takes to win in America. You know, so many of these films that we begrudgingly treat as like morally ambiguous character studies are largely at the end of the day about boys behaving badly. And, you know, do I wish that an auteur would tell the story of Martha Stewart from the ground up in a similar fashion? Yes, but for now, this is what we got, a Kirkland brand, Mommy Dearest, that my fellow gays are sleeping on at an alarming rate. And I'll tell you this, that the one thing to remember is that between Zuckerberg, Belfort, and Martha Stewart, of the three of them, only one has fucked this country immeasurably, and it's the one who didn't go to jail.
I'm gonna leave my heart in Texas Take my ass back to Iowa 